Good evening. Hope everybody's doing well today on this uh, wet and rainy Wednesday evening. I uh, trust everybody's had a good day today and uh, has, uh, uh, I don't really know what I was going to say at that point, but uh, just really went right out of my head. But anyway, <laughs> hope you've had a good day today either way. And uh, uh, I'm glad you could join us this evening for our uh, Wednesday night online service as we're going to dive into God's Word. And uh, I'm trying to kill a few minutes here because it takes everybody a few minutes to uh, get on to the um, website and get on to uh, the uh, uh, social media uh, on there. So I always like to say a few words here and there, try to give everybody just a minute to get on there. Good evening uh, to uh, Wilma and Larky. And if you all have any um, prayer requests, prayer concerns, be sure to put those on uh, the uh, uh, comment section here so that we can pray about uh, whatever those concerns may be. And uh, so hope everybody is staying well and staying safe out there. But uh, uh, let's go ahead and uh, my mother-in-law says, hey, man. So hello to my wonderful and beautiful, sweet, loving mother-in-law. She is my favorite mother-in-law. And uh, good morning, Jamie, Jamie and Linda Arnold. Hello to you, too. So, but uh, And hello to all you out there in, uh, uh, in the Internet land. Dad says that. When I uh, talk to uh, uh, everyone here on social media, he said uh, uh, it makes me think of, um, was it Romper Room, I guess? I don't know. Something about she'd look in a mirror and she'd say, hi, Johnny, hi, Janie, and that's what it sounds, that's what it looks to him like when I do that. I don't know. Uh, that was, uh, he's he's really, really old, so, you know, anyway. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'll probably be calling here in a minute. But uh, if you want to turn your Bibles to uh, Joel chapter 2, and we're going to read verses uh, 12 and 13 of Joel chapter 2. So give everybody just a second to turn there, and that's verses 12 and 13. And, uh, and again, if you have any prayer concerns, please be um, posting those, and uh, we'll get to those in just a second. Uh, 12 and 13 of chapter 2 of Joel says, Yet even now, declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting and weeping and with mourning, and rend your hearts and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, and he relents over disaster. Alrighty, as me old Pappy always says, bless this reading, the hearing of it to our hearts. And our prayer request, uh, the only one right now is uh, uh, my mother-in-law says to pray for the elderly. So uh, we'll definitely do that and we need to be definitely praying for our country in general. And, uh, uh, you know, pray that, you know, this doesn't get any worse. You know, there's, there's that concern where, uh, you know, everybody's been quarantined and now they're getting back out of socializing again. It could... Uh, make this uh, get bad again. I don't know. I guess time will tell and we'll see and let's hope and pray for the best. And I know there's a lot of mixed feelings and concerns about uh, uh, everything reopening, but you know, people like me and, and my dad and such, you know, we, we have to stay in, but these, there's people out there, they, they have to work, you know, I mean, they can't just keep going on with their business shut down. Many businesses have already uh, filed bankruptcy, people trying to get unemployment. So, you know, you, it's kind of a double-edged sword, you know, you, you do, and it could cause uh, problems, you don't, and it could cost uh, people's livelihoods, and already has and some, to some extent, so uh, we really need to be praying for our country, and uh, like never before, but um, 
Uh, without any further ado, let's go ahead and go for the Lord in prayer. Uh, dear Father, Lord, we just thank you, love you, and praise you. And Lord, just thank you so much for this wonderful and beautiful day that you blessed us with. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your grace, your mercy, uh, your kindness. Uh, Lord, uh, just want to lift up uh, that uh, Sharon put on here uh, to pray for our elderly uh, during this difficult time uh, with this pandemic going on, that you'll keep them safe and well. Uh, Lord, I just pray uh, protection upon all of our friends and family and loved ones. I want to lift up our sister in Christ, Kim Penix, that you'll bring healing upon her, Ginger, and Troy Hood. I will pray for the Trivet family. I pray that you be with uh, Murph, Roger Winters, that you bring healing upon him, uh, Linda and David Feathers. And uh, Lord, I just pray that uh, you'll be with all the prayer requests and concerns that uh, I receive on a daily basis. And Lord, you know those needs, you know the hearts and the minds. Uh, Lord, who are, uh, be with those who are dealing with uh, various uh, surgeries or, or battling different sicknesses and those unspoken concerns and Lord you know the hearts and minds and all those situations and that your will be done uh, in those and that we will submit to that and be obedient and Lord I pray that you'll lead us, guide us and direct us in your word uh, this evening. In Jesus name I pray. Amen. Alright um, just an announcement here. Uh, now I've already posted the video. I tried to Sent out a um, uh, text message uh, to uh, to everybody that I could think of uh, that uh, didn't do social media, and so they get the word out. But this Sunday, uh, we are going to do something a little different. Now, we'll still be um, doing uh, 98.5 WTFM drive-in uh, to the parking lot, and you can... Uh, um, Tune in to 90.5 and or at the same time, listen, uh, go to our website, flbconline.com or here on social media and you can still watch the service live and listen on the radio at the same time. But something a little different, uh, Dr. Vic Young, uh, he will be, uh, we have an outside stage there at the church and so he's going to uh, uh, utilize that since the weather so, so, so far unless it changes the weather's supposed to be really nice I think it's supposed to be like close to 80 and really pretty uh, this Sunday uh, so if you uh, uh, so uh, if you want to get out of your cars and bring a blanket or a chair please uh, I urge you I just dropped something. I urge you to um, use the uh, six-foot rule. Use that social distancing because uh, we want to make sure we keep everybody safe. Uh, we're just slowly trying to to try to get back to some sort of normalcy. Uh, it's not something we may not be able to do every week, but at least for this Sunday, we're, we're going to be able to try to do that. So uh, be sure and uh, uh, keep that in mind. If you don't feel safe, please stay in your cars because we don't want to jeopardize anybody. And, uh, you know, we love everybody. All right, so don't take what I'm about to say wrong. We love everybody. Look forward to seeing everybody. We want to talk to everybody. We really do. But here's the thing. Please keep in mind. Dad and I are at a very, very high risk, okay? Even though you may be as the healthiest person in the world, there might be that one person that may think they're healthy and may be a carrier or something and get close to us. And, and if Dad and I were to get it, we might as well just call our loved ones and tell them goodbye. So please, please, you know, if you want to swim away from a distance high, that'd be great. And, uh, and, and you know, like I say, it's not nothing personal. It's not that we, we're trying to be rude. It's just we can't can't get close we just we, we cannot uh, with our health do that and with that said please 
do not congregate in the fellowship hall. Do not congregate together in a huge group uh, outside. That defeats the whole purpose and the whole reason what we're trying to do here. Not trying to be a smart aleck. I'm not trying to be nasty in any way, shape, form, fashion. It's just the facts. You may not take it seriously. You may not think it's a big deal. But, you know, it, it is, whether you want to admit or not, it, it, is, it is serious. And so I'm just urging you, please uh, keep that social distancing. If you choose to get outside your cars and want to sit on the hillside and listen to service, uh, as opposed to listening to the radio or watching online, that's fine. But please, please keep these things in mind. Uh, wear your mask. In fact, uh, many of you, including myself, the world is grateful when we do wear our mask. And uh, <laughs> it hides a lot of ugly. So... Uh, so, uh, you know, so just uh, please uh, keep that in mind. We're going to try this and see how it goes. If you abuse it, you're going to lose it. How's that? How's that? I'm a poet and don't know it. So, but uh, we're going to try and see how it goes. But because uh, I know a lot of people uh, have requested uh, that Dad try to do this outside. So we're going, to, we're going to give it a shot and see how it goes. But that'll be this Sunday. Now, remember, uh, we're only doing one service and it's from 11 a.m to 12 p.m. One service, 11 a.m. to 12 p.m. is will be the service time uh, for this Sunday. That's of course 6 o'clock that evening. I'll be doing, continue on with our study and uh, uh, on, on online only. So uh, keep that in mind. But I uh, just want to put that out there. Be sure and help us to get the word out. There's a lot of people that don't do social media. I've tried to reach those who are on my contact list that I know don't uh, generally do it. And I think I've Based on the response of God, I'm somewhat successful. But if you know of anybody that doesn't do social media, uh, then uh, please, by all means, uh, help us get that word out and let everybody know. And Because uh, I know a lot of people will be excited to uh, to hear that. All right, let's go ahead and dive into God's word this evening. Uh, we're going to look at Hebrews chapter 6, verses 1 through 3. So I'll give everybody just a second to turn there. At Hebrews chapter 6, verses 1 through 3. So I'll give that just a second. In case you uh, are trying to reach around and grab your Bible, your iPad, your phone, or whatever it is you use to uh, look up Scripture. And uh, uh, unless you're like my mother-in-law and you know it all and don't have to use a Bible. so <laughs> I'm just kidding because I know my mother-in-law is watching. So. But, uh, yeah, and Larky Tyree, he just commented on here. He, you know, he said he's at high risk also. So, see, that's what I'm saying. There's a lot of people that I know you want to talk to, you want to go up to, but there, there's, you just can't, guys, you know, I'm sorry, you just can't, and it's, you know, and I think you understand, I think for most part people do, but there's always a, a person or two out there that, uh, that choose to, uh, <laughs> go to the beat of their own drum, if you know what I mean, and, uh, not, don't want to listen, so, uh, but anyway, uh, let's go ahead and look at this here at, uh, Hebrews chapter 6, 1 through 3. Therefore, let us leave the elementary doctrine of Christ and go on to maturity. Not, what, let's see, hold on here. Go on to maturity, not and in of instruction about washings. Sorry, I couldn't make up that word for a second. Uh, the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. This and this we will do if God permits. All righty. One of these days I'll learn to read. <laughs> Let's have a quick word of prayer. Dear Father, Lord, we just thank you, love you, and praise you. Uh, Lord, thank you again for this opportunity to spread the gospel message. Lord, thank you for your grace, uh, your mercy. 
uh, your love. Lord, uh, help us to learn from your word this evening. Uh, let it be used to edify and equip and glorify you most importantly. Lord, guide us in our day-to-day -day, uh, spiritual journey and battles. And Lord, uh, let it be used, let our walk be used to glorify you in all things. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. You know, we was, um, of course, Sunday night we was talking about, uh, uh, about growing up, all right, and the fact that uh, there's a lot of Christians out there uh, who are still drinking milk. They should be eating steak, and instead, they, they, instead of trying to grow uh, in the things of the Lord, they have just been studded. And we talked about the, the detriment uh, of, of those actions, and that's what the writer of Hebrews is dealing with here, that these people should be teaching, but quite on the opposite, uh, they're still uh, drinking milk. And so, um, uh, so, you know, and remember, the whole point that the writer's trying to make here is to encourage, uh, to nurture, uh, to inspire, and to, and to push you forward in your walk as Christians. And, you know, and you've heard Dad talk a lot of times in regards to um, he is a spiritual coach. And, you know, and I feel like that's a, that is, there's more truth to that. Uh, than, uh, than maybe I realized at the time when he was saying that, because we are a type of coach. You know, uh, Timothy, he was always an encourager, and, and that's something I think that we do as pastors is to encourage. You know, sometimes we, we have to uh, speak about the difficult topics that people don't necessarily like. Uh, and, you know, if you're, if you're around a coach, you know, some, some of these coaches, that talk to them kids like a dog, you know, in order to get them in the right direction. They may not like it at the time, but it may lead them on to victory uh, when they go into uh, uh, whatever you know competition they're in. And so you may not always like what we have to say, but if it'll help you to be victorious in your Christian walk, then we're doing our job. And so we want to encourage you. We want to push you forward. We don't want you to be stunted uh, in your in your walk as Christians. You know, you can't keep on drinking spiritual milk the rest of your life. You've got to push forward. And, you know, and as I was talking about Sunday night, that, that's the problem with too many people. They want just enough. You know, they, they, they enjoy certain aspects of the world. And uh, so they, they get just enough. Hey, I've, I've, they, they think that the prayer of salvation is, is like a, uh, some kind of magical saying. They, they've punched their ticket. That's all they need to do. And they go run right back out in the world, do what they want to. Well, that's the problem. See, and that's what we see here in verse 6. And I'm going to start chapter 6, verse 1. Therefore, let us leave the elementary doctrine of Christ and go on mat maturity not and of instruction about washings, the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. So, uh, we see here that, um, uh, therefore, let us leave the elementary doctrine of Christ, all right, going back to uh, those things that we, that we originally learned, all right, if we see that in uh, verse 12 here, it says, for though by this time you ought to be teachers and need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God, you need milk, not solid food. So we're seeing here again that uh, that's what this is referencing to, that you should already be, that these people should be a bit beyond this. You should be beyond this. But here's the thing here we're talking about here is repentance, all right? Our faith toward God, repentance. And that's the thing, you know, when somebody says, uh, you know, uh, that they're not demonstrating those fruits of the Spirit. They claim that they've accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior because, uh, you know, like I said, they just want their ticket pushed. They want to be able to do what they want to do without actually having to, to serve uh, God wholeheartedly as they should. But when you look at the word repentance, you're looking at a change of mind, a change of attitude, a change of direction, a change of looking at things. Okay, so, uh, you know, 
those things that maybe when you were in the world uh, and that um, uh, you were not serving God, and maybe you made fun of Christians, maybe you made fun of the way they thought, maybe you hated the way a Christian thought and the things of God, but when you come to know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, those things that you hated, you now love. And the very things you used to love, you now hate. It's that whole change of thought and a, re a total redirection uh, of your attitude when it, you come into repentance. Uh, you know, when you look at the Old Testament, you look at... Um, uh, areas of repentance, you know, you would see sometimes they would put on sackcloth or, or sit on ashes and these kind of things uh, to uh, or, or do fasting and things of that nature. And it's very interesting, you know, when you read sackcloth, you know, uh, growing up, I always thought of sackcloth as uh, like a potato sack, you know, is that kind of material that they would cut a hole in, uh, for their head and their arms, they'd put that on. But quite frankly, what that is, what they put on sackcloth uh, was actually like a, um, uh, a black uh, fur of. Uh, of a goat or something, and they would put that on because it's very, very uncomfortable, and they would put that on over top of them. So uh, when you see that there, uh, when they put on a sackcloth, remember that's a type of, it's a skin of a goat, and, and uh, it's very itchy and uncomfortable that they'd put that on. So it's not like a potato sack, like I used to think as a kid growing up, all right? So, um, uh, so, you know, when we come into repentance, you know, we may, when we come, that's one thing God wants us to, is to humble ourselves and come into full repentance of our sins and the things that we have done, the things that we have committed, uh, asking God for that forgiveness. And that's when we want to strive to have that mind of Christ. That's when we want to strive, again, having that whole change of heart and change of mind. If somebody's claiming to be saved and they're not demonstrating a change of heart, a change of mind, uh, you know, it begs to question, did they really make that profession of faith? Did they mean what they said? You know, uh, when, you know when it comes to judging, you know, everybody wants to say, well, uh, you know, you, you should judge. Well, that's, that's what that's pertaining to is the, that type of judgment is, uh, you know, if someone says they're saved, well, that's between them and God. We cannot say definitively they are not saved. But based on their actions, their their thoughts, their uh, their deeds, uh, if they're not demonstrating the proper uh, attitude and fruits of the spirit, then that begs the question: if they're really saved or not. Now we're all sinners; we all mess up. You know, we're, we're, there's none righteous, no not one. We're all going to mess up. We're we're all imperfect people. I mess up every single day of my life. Trust me, I know that I do. I say the wrong things. I do the wrong things. I react the wrong way. You know, I just like. Uh, Sunday night, since I got done preaching, I get a phone call. My daughter's uh, car broke down, and I'm driving over there, and I'm thinking, oh, hey, don't get upset. Don't get upset. Don't get mad. You know, just cool it. Act like you got some sense. You know, it's almost like I can hear my dad's voice in my head. Just cool it. Just calm down. You know, it's going to be fine. But as soon as I get there and I see that car, because it's like the fourth or fifth time something's going on with this car. It's a good car. It's just little minor things here and there, you know. But uh, and as soon as I saw a thing, I say, yeah, I just I got so mad. And uh, Brady said, yeah, I heard Madison, they were together when it broke down. She said they were debating on who would to call me because he's dreading, dreading seeing me coming. So, you know, it, it's not, you know, we all, we're not perfect, all right? Does that mean that I'm not saved? Does that mean that I don't love the Lord because uh, I didn't uh, I always act in a, in a Christian way? Well, no, we're, we're imperfect. We, there's none righteous, no, not one. But uh, daily living, striving, you know, uh, when we look here 
and particularly about the foundations of uh, repentance, you know, it, looking at that, uh, that, that change of, of mind, you know, going on to maturity, as we see here in, in this verse 1 here right above, uh, talking about repentance, uh, is talking about that, that mind. Uh, the, uh, uh, as we grow older, we should have a better understanding who Jesus Christ is. You know, when we're immature, when we're younger, uh, we may not always fully understand the things of Christ, just like something as simple as sackcloth. Uh, you know, my 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 attitude of immaturity of of understanding of God's word. I, you know, I had this this weird way of looking at things. Not as necessarily wrong, but it just it wasn't correct either. <laughs> but uh, you know, um, but as we grow older. Uh, we should have a better understanding of who Jesus Christ is and that we want to serve him, that our life uh, should be a reflection of those things of Jesus Christ. And so, uh, yes, we mess up. Yes, we're imperfect. But we should be wanting to strive every day uh, to have a closer walk with the Lord, that we're trying daily uh, to to change our attitude, trying daily uh, to change uh, the way we look, see, and perceive things, that we're trying daily to learn from those mistakes and to do better. See, that's what shows a, a change of mind, that change of heart, that change of daily living, that you're no longer satisfied uh, with the things that how you used to live or how you used to look at things or how you used to react or how you used to do something. You're constantly in a state of change. And that's one thing that... Um, I've really tried hard in my life, and I, you know, I'm, I'm trust me, you know, uh, I'm not trying to act like super Christian here. And just because I'm a pastor doesn't make me any better than anybody else in this world by no stretch of the imagination. But, um, uh, but that's one thing you could tell that um, when you know you have Jesus Christ first in your life, because uh, you know, without Christ, uh, I know in my heart I could be very cold, unforgiving, uh, hold a grudge. Uh, despise and hate people uh, that you know there's so many things that I know in my heart I could very easily be uh, because I have to fight the, I've had to fight those things and may continue to have to fight those things throughout my life but when I've tried when I've had that hardness of heart when I've tried to hold those grudges God convicted me see that's that's how I know I've had that change of mind that change of attitude because I realized at that point that uh, you know what I need to give out over to God you know that's one thing dad always told me you know when, when you're holding a grudge against someone else you're having anger towards someone else unforgiveness towards someone else you're, you're allowing them to have power over you and so uh, you don't want that number one but two what does God's Word tells us he, God's Word tells us we need to be forgiving we need to be loving Pray for our enemies. What is, that? is that not what God's Word tells us? And, it, and that's the very things we have to do. And so uh, in the course of my life, now, like I said, I still have, it's not that I have arrived by no stretch of the imagination. My wife and parents could tell you that easily. My kids probably too. But, um, but I realize my weaknesses. And that's one area, Those the areas I know I'm weak at, I pray about. I pray about constantly. People I have problems with, I pray over and, and ask the Lord to help them and help me. Uh, I've tried to approach people I've offended. I, 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 you know, and I can't do that on my own. There is no way in the world I could do that on my own, is to forgive and not hold grudges and not have anger. And, you know, and, and, you know I, that comes from God alone. There's nothing I can do on my own. That's why I chose total dependence and trust upon God. And see, that starts showing a sign of spiritual maturity. If you're a Christian and you're still, you know, you can't, I say, well, I just can't let it go. I can't stand this person. I don't want nothing to do with this person. You know, and that's all your attitude is. Man, you need to give that to God. 
I mean, that's just all there is to it. That to me, you know, uh, when you talk, think about immaturity, uh, of course, my dad loves to always uh, put me in the uh, in the hot seat of immaturity because he, uh, when things don't go my way, he says I slump my shoulders and I I stump and sling around, and, um, and so maybe I do just. A little here and there every now and then not as bad as I used to but uh, that but that's a lot of us things don't go our way we're like little kids and we drop our shoulders like why man that ain't fair and why God you know and uh, that's what we act and that's being very immature in our attitude but we're being very immature spiritually as well and that's why we have to give it to God and, you know, and so that's why we have to come into repentance to God, to have that change of heart, to have that change of mind, to have that change of direction, because we don't want to live like that anymore. We want to be better than that. And as a child of God, you are better than that. Remember, you are a king's kid. All right. Remember that you are a warrior in God's army. And so you are better than that. And so you should want more than that. You know, um, being a Christian is not easy. It takes practice. It takes work. It takes stamina. Uh, because just like an athlete, you know, if the Apostle Paul uh, really relates um, being an, uh, a Christian to an athlete in a lot of ways. You know, he referred to the uh, what was known as the Isthmian Games, which very much like the Olympics we have today. And uh, he talked about runners, and, and, and he talked about these different athletes. And, and an athlete has to be disciplined. You have to get yourself up every morning. Uh, you know, my, my body has paid the price for it now, but I would, Brandy could tell you, it's nothing for me to run anywhere between 7 miles to 13 miles a day. No, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't even think twice about it before. Now, I'm lucky to get 2 or 3 miles in, and, uh, and it is barely a jog at that because where my body's been so broke down over time. I've been running since I was 13, so for 34 years. I was trying to think how many miles I've probably logged. Uh, it's had to have been a couple of thousand, easy. But... Um, uh, it, it but it's something I enjoy. I love, you know, I, I enjoy. I know people say, hey, if you see me run, you better run twos or something after me. But it's something I look forward to. I enjoy it. I, I like getting out there doing that. But, uh, but you have to, you know, athletes have to be disciplined. They have to get up early. They have to work hard. They have to, to stretch and pull and tear at those muscles. When those muscles tear, then they heal. They form and get bigger. And that, that's how they, you know, that, trust me, you can tell a huge difference between an Olympian and some uh, turkey like me. You know, I, you know I, I might have ran out many miles a day, but you get next to an Olympian. Because trust me, I always thought I was doing good. And they weren't even Olympians. I, you know, I thought I'd be doing good. I'd go to a 5K around here, and you see these little guys in their short shorts look like shaved squirrels, and you're thinking, yeah, you know, and they've run a mile or two before the race. You're like, oh, we're warming up, and I'm thinking, are you crazy? You know, and these were the guys that when you take off, you don't, you see their backs, and then at the finish line, they're still trotting around, and, you know, trying to trying to cool off a little bit, you know. So, and I'm, I'm at the finish line going, <gasps> so, you know, that's the difference between someone that's at a level here and you're a level down here, you know. So, that's why we have to be, as Christians, we have to be disciplined. You know, it is, um, 
uh, we may not always want to wake up first thing in the morning and read our Bibles. We, 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 no matter what time of the day it is, the devil's going to allow you to play the excuses. Well, I have to work. Uh, maybe on my lunch break. Lunch break comes up. Somebody says, hey, hey, why don't you go to lunch with us? You don't do it at lunchtime. You say, well, I'll do it at bedtime. Bedtime comes, well, I'm too tired. I'll do it in the morning. And then you just snowballs. You never do it. You know, we have to be disciplined to be in God's Word. We have to be disciplined to memorize God's Word. We have to be disciplined uh, to do the things that God calls us to do. It's not always popular with our friends, with society, with culture. It won't be popular with those kind of, with, with the world. But that's why we have to stand up and we have to stand true and we have to do what is right in God's eyes. And so that's why he compares oftentimes to an athlete because it takes that discipline. It takes that strength. It takes that, you know, that endurance. You know, he that endures to the end will be saved. And that's one thing. That's why I guess I always enjoyed uh, running because of, I, always, I was always good at that endurance to keep pushing forward uh, and never giving up. You know, I love the steeper the hill, the better. That's the way I liked it. And uh, sometimes in our life, we have to hit those steep hills in life. And sometimes it feels like we can't take another step. But all of a sudden, we find a, the strength to take one more step one more step. And the next thing you know, you're at the top of that hill. Where do you think that strength comes from? It comes from God. But that's why we have to keep growing. We can't stay at the starting line and say and never get anywhere and wonder what happened. Well, that's why we have to keep pushing forward and not rely on our strength and ability, but rely on God's strength and ability. Now, um, and it goes on to talk about here uh, about the repentance of uh, and uh, from dead works. Okay, so you know there's a lot of things when we talk about dead works. You know that could be. Uh, living a life that could lead to death, you know, very easily. Uh, you know, it could uh, uh, take you nowhere or do anything. Uh, so, or there's those out there who, uh, just like the in the Old Testament way, the Jews, see, that's one thing they're trying to get away from, you know, that they're explaining here. The Jews had so many rituals, man. They had so many hand-washing rituals. And, and uh, I mean, there's like hundreds of rituals, things they had to do to, uh, to uh, obey Old Testament law in order to obtain uh, their place in heaven or try to make it into heaven, obviously. And so uh, that's what he's talking about here is, you know, these dead works, it's not going to get you anywhere. You know, we're, we're not going to be able to work our way into heaven. And I started hitting on that a little bit this morning, yeah, and uh, my the morning devotion. is you're not going to be able to work your way in. You're not going to be good enough to get in. You know, it's, it's not how this works. And so that's one thing he's talking about here is, is you know, it's not about the, the rituals you perform, staying in the past, all right? You know, remember what I was talking about, you know, if you're looking towards the past, you're never going to get anywhere going forward if you're looking constantly in the past. And that's one, he's, one thing the writer's trying to get away from is them staying in the past, uh, doing these rituals and things. He's trying to explain to them the good news of the gospel and how to move forward away from that so they can understand the things of Jesus Christ. And that's one thing that he's trying to explain to that here. And that's one thing I think it's easy for a lot of people to do. Uh, they get, they, they, misunderstand the difference between doctrine and tradition and uh, there's a lot of things in the church that simply is tradition that isn't uh, the proper doctrine not, the, not actually even even in the Bible but it's just been traditionally taught within the church but we need to be careful about that that we understand repentance that we understand uh, that saving knowledge of Jesus Christ understanding that Jesus Christ our personal Savior I had several people reach out to me wanting to read uh, dad's um, uh, uh, a uh, little pamphlet he wrote on being a personal savior, and I sent him the link from our website. They, they had a few people had a, some trouble uh, getting to that, and uh, it really I had several, some good response. Uh, people said they were they were glad that they were able to read that, and uh, uh, so uh, so to have that understanding of that that you know our works are dead. There's no amount of work that you can do. 
All right, there's, I mean, I don't care if you feed every, home, every homeless person, if you house every homeless person out there, if you, if you live in poverty to give to the world, if you, um, hey, like uh, Martin Luther, he used to crawl on his hands and knees and beat us before he understood the, the, the understanding of grace. And I think it's one a lot of people, they, have an, they don't have an understanding of grace, that free gift of salvation. Man's pride gets in the way, and they think you have to do something to, uh, to earn your way into heaven, and nothing can be further from the truth. Your works are but filthy rags in the sight of God. It's only, you know, that's the sad part. That's the sad part. People who think they go, if they go to church, they're going to get into heaven. They, they cause the, their granddaddy built the church, or uh, their daddy was saved. That makes them saved. No, they're, you know. And uh, the sad part is, there's going to be a lot of good people in hell. That is the that, that's that's a horrible thought, but there's truth in that. Going to church, sitting in a pew, won't get you saved. It's only understanding what Jesus Christ did for you. Uh, and uh, and faith toward God and uh, let's see here. Um, let me get back over here. Faith toward God and instruction about washings. Now uh, we're talking about washings here. You know, uh, going back to uh, uh, baptism and um, you know there is uh, the Didache, uh, which is the, the the teaching of the twelve, if you will. Uh, there's some controversy as to when it was written. Uh, some say anywhere between seventy. Uh, to 100 A.D. as uh, when this was written, uh, that um, uh, it was really, uh, some would say it was written more for uh, primitive Christians to have an understanding uh, of what baptism is about. You know, and, and I've actually had debates uh, in regards to baptism as to, uh, you know, because some people think that you have to be baptized uh, to be saved. And nothing be further from the truth. Uh, you know, baptism is an outward sign of an inward change. You know, it, it is symbolic in the fact that is it, when you are baptized, it's the washing away of the old sins and raising up in the newness of Christ. It's demonstrating to everybody out there that you're publicly making a statement that you've accepted Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior. And, you know, like Dad has always said, it doesn't matter if you get webs between your toes. I don't, you know, it, it don't matter how wet you get, it's only accepting Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, that makes you saved. You know, a uh, 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 professor of mine, uh, Dr. Soto, uh, he made a good point one time, and I really thought about it. You know, uh, in New Testament time, the Jews said you had to be circumcised. And he said if you replaced uh, circumcision with baptism, uh, you could get a better, clearer understanding of the fact that it was not necessary for salvation. And uh, But when you look at this with the Didache, uh, we see that uh, it talks, uh, it gives some under, clear understanding about triune immersion, uh, calling back to the um, Great Commission, baptizing the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Uh, you don't see single immersion. That didn't even happen until uh, 4th century B.C. as when they actually come in. And, of course, infant baptism didn't come into later, which, you know, uh, again, uh, we don't adhere to infant baptism because, uh, you know, uh, that is a, a sign of a profession of faith, uh, just as I was describing. So, you know, that, that, that you know, it's not going to, you know, that doesn't mean anything. But we, you, you baptize, you know, the mode of baptism is uh, three times four, again, in the name of the Son, the name of the Father, in the name of the Holy Spirit, okay? And uh, that's where we get that triune immersion coming back from the Great Commission. We get that mode of baptism. And uh, so that's what that's kind of roughly laying out there to understand uh, for these individuals. Because you got to remember, most of these individuals are coming from a, a pagan lifestyle. 
And so that's why he's trying to be very clear about these things with hand wash and with water, with baptism and rituals and, and things of the like so that they have an understanding it's not by their works. And I think it's something that people still have a hard time understanding today is the fact that uh, uh, that you can't work your way, that, that free gift of salvation, that grace of God. I think some people have a hard time grasping that it's free, that it is absolutely free that God gives you, okay? And so, um, so we need to uh, uh, make sure we explain that clearly and understandably uh, to those around us so they can have a better understanding uh, of that. And it amazes me, though, those people out there who think you have to be baptized to be saved. And some people think that if you're baptized, you're automatically joining the church. And I've had explained to people, no, that you're not joining the church. It's not, you know, it's not making you any more saved than what you already are. And uh, But I've had, I had one guy, he was a part of the Christian church, and buddy, he... Uh, he uh, argued with me. Oh my gosh, did he argue with me big time. I finally was like, look, dude, I'm, I'm done. I've told you all I can tell you, and I'm just going to have to just, uh, uh, like the Bible says, kick the dust off your feet and go on. You know, you can't make people uh, believe or understand things. All you can do is try to present the truth. If they want to fight you on it, man, have at it and go on. I mean, that's all you can really do. But, um, uh, yeah, when you look at the, the Didache there, uh, it's very interesting. Uh, it's, um, uh, again, uh, sometimes some call it the, uh, uh, refer to it as the teaching of the apostles. And um, in, in explaining uh, the mode of baptism, talking about Trinitarian baptism. And uh, so um, that's what, you know, we see that here about washings, we see that there. Uh, the laying on of hands. Now, you see the laying on of hands. Of course, uh, during this time, uh, the laying on of hands could be, you know, that's oftentimes that's what a father did to bless a son, uh, would be the laying on of hands. Uh, or you could see, um, uh, gosh, i trying to think here, um, well, like the apostles, for example. Uh, a lot of times people were thrilled if the apostles would do a, a laying on of hands uh, because the, anybody who had uh, had touched Jesus or been with Jesus and, they, and then they were touched by them, of course, they were thrilled by that too. Uh, but then we read in uh, Timothy, uh, goodness, I want to say First Timothy 2, uh, says not to be quick uh, uh, on laying on of hands. We, know we need to make sure that's a biblical uh, aspect to that. And remember, it's not the laying on of hands that's, that's doing any work. It, it's symbolic. And, of course, you know, a lot of people ask us to uh, do it in an anointing, to do a laying on of hands and prayer. Again, that's, you know, we're, me and Dad, we're not doing anything. And the pastor doesn't have, hold any power. We, but we represent the one who does. And as long as it's done in a, in a right way, a biblical way, then, then that should be honored. Uh, but uh, again, of course, we understand where that power is coming from, and you know, and again, you can understand why these things are being broke down, so they under so those listeners and hearers there can understand, and so for us today uh, can have a better and clearer understanding of these matters as well. Because just like I said, just with the the debating in regards to baptism, you know, so you know if that's a problem today, obviously there were some concerns or problems then as well. Uh, let's see here. Uh, let's see, uh, the, let's see, uh, laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead and the eternal judgment. Now, here's something that we need to understand is that, um, we are all immortal. 
All right, and you say, now wait a minute, man. What what exactly does that mean that we are all immortal? And uh, of course, you know, I always I always like to refer to to Highlander. They can only be one. We think of immortal, immortality, I guess. But all right, there's difference between being immortal and eternal. Remember, God is eternal. All right, He always was, always will be. He has no beginning. He has no end. Now He is eternal. We as human beings are immortal, and now I can say that that all human beings are immortal, with the proviso that, all right, for those who are saved, we will live eternally with Jesus Christ. All right, so that's why we are immortal. This, this earthly shell will fade away. This earthly shell will die. But we will live on uh, for eternity with Jesus Christ. But those who do not know Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior will live eternally in hell. All right, now that's what some people don't want to think about, and that goes back to to dead works. See, people always they want to say, "Well, he was a good person. There's no reason why God wouldn't let him into heaven." You know, loving God wouldn't do that. Well, hey, God gives us all the chance and the opportunities to accept Him, and we uh, can live forever in heaven, or you can live forever in hell. And, uh, you know, and remember that hell is real. You know, that's one of the greatest lies the devil has ever gave is that there is no hell. People, I can assure you, hell is real. All right. It is eternal torment. All right. Th that has no end. And so uh, remember that heaven offers uh, eternity uh, with, with peace and, and, and love and no more sorrow, no more pain. You know, that's what I was talking about this morning. We were talking about death this morning. And we were looking at Romans 8, uh, I think it was Romans 8, 38, 39, I think it was we were talking about this morning. And um, is the fact that, uh, you know, uh, as bad as death is, you know, we know that it's only a temporary situation. You know, that's, you know it, again, it's not to minimize pain, but it's a wonderful thing to know that if someone is saved and you are saved, that you get to see those people again. And so, and that's why, you know, that's why I was talking about this morning, that, uh, you know, we need to focus not on the one day of loss, which is easy to do, but instead focus on all the years of laughter and love and, 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 and all the days of life is what we need to, to look at and the fact that we'll see those people again. You know, it's a horrible thing that the only thing we have that so many people want to focus on is that one day of loss. What, what a terrible thing. That's what I was talking about this morning. I hope my family, when I die, that, I, that they don't focus just on that day of loss that they look at all the years of laughter and love. And, you know, that's what I want my family to remember, all right? And so that's one thing that we have to look at here is that uh, there is going to be uh, an eternity, and you decide where you want that eternity to be. But we see this here, though, that uh, the dead and eternal judgment, all right, the resurrection of the dead, remember, uh, our spirit and our bodies will be uh, united, and we'll have a new heavenly body. Wouldn't that be a wonderful thing? I hope that uh, because I, I have struggled with my weight my whole life, I hope that I am built better than Arnold Schwarzenegger. Man, that would be awesome. Uh, you know, I don't know uh, how what that heavenly body is going to look like, but I hope it's far better than what I got now. <laughs> so that'd be a wonderful thing. So I mean, you might, if you see me strutting around heaven with no uh, shirt on, you know who it is. No, I'm just kidding. That would be a, a vain and uh, prideful thing to do, and we know that wouldn't happen in heaven. But you know I, that I'm joking around there a little bit. But, um, uh, but nonetheless, uh, we will...
uh, be united with her uh, with a new body. And like I said, there will be judgment. So and you you have the decision of where you want. So we're all immortal. All right. And so uh, so praise God for that, that uh, that he gives us that choice. And so uh, I hope and pray that you give your life to Jesus Christ today and that you won't, if you haven't already, that you will, won't waste another second, another moment uh, of your time uh, to do so. Now, uh, we see something here very, uh, very important here, all right? In verse 3, it says, uh, and we will do if God permits. You know, there's uh, a lot of, um, a lot of times if uh, uh, somebody asks, or we're going to do something. A lot of times, Dad will, or I will say, "Well, God willing, uh, we will be there." And of course, I've heard people say, "Well, uh, that is God's will," or you know, kind of get a little snarky about it, you know. But you know, whatever God's will is, we don't know what that may be. Well, we see here that this will do if God permits. Now, remember, God uh, He governs. Uh, the the sanctification the uh, the maturity in fact if you look at 12 uh, I think it's Hebrews 12 16 and 17 if you want to leave your fingers right there uh, let me see here I think it's 12 16 and 17 um, yeah on 12 16 and 17 you know, uh, of course, it's talking about Esau there, and if you, uh, we can read that if you want to. It says uh, that no one is sexually immoral and holy like Esau, who sold his birthright for a single meal. For you know that afterward, when he desired to inherit the blessing, he was rejected, for he found no chance to repent, though he sought it with tears. So, you know, he was crying outwardly. Uh, his, his chance of repentance had been gone. You know, God, um, he doesn't have to accept our repentance. He doesn't have to accept, he doesn't have to forgive us. He doesn't have to, he doesn't owe us anything, all right? But it's out of his love and his grace and his mercy that he does these things. So if God permits, we see here though, that this we will do if God permits, all right? Advancing into the majority of all grace, uh, that, that righteous judgment, uh, the, um, uh, the you know, understanding God's sovereignty, I guess I'll get it right here in a second. Understanding those things, if God permits uh, God's will in our life, understanding that God does love us and forgives us, but he doesn't have to. We need to respect that. It's not that God's going to reach a point that uh, as Christians, you're going to be like, you know what, I'm done with Matt, out of here. No, that's, that's not what it's saying. But he gives us all chances and opportunities to turn to him and you have a certain amount of time before he turns you over to that depraved mind. I told a man that at one time, and uh, he was uh, involved in an alternative lifestyle. And I talked about being turned over to a reprobate mind. And, uh, buddy, he went ballistic on me. I mean, he went, I mean, how dare you, buddy? He went off on me. But, you know, sometimes the, the truth of the gospel may hurt at times. But um, so we understand that God permits those things. Now, when we uh, we look at spiritual maturity, you know, we can jump on down here just a little bit, and I, I don't want to get too far ahead because we'll be covering this in more depth uh, on uh, on Wednesday. Uh, but I, I think that it's interesting to look at uh, verses seven and eight of Hebrews six here, real quick. Uh, it says, "For the land that has drunk the rain, in other words, talking about uh, the milk." Of the word there, in other words, the rain that often falls on it and produces crop useful 
for those whose sake it was cultivated receives a blessing from God, but it bears thorns and thistles. It is worthless and near being cursed, and it is in, and its end is to be burned. Now again, I don't want to get jump too far ahead because we will be covering this in more depth, uh, Lord willing, uh, on Wednesday. But uh, again, we're looking at here that the land is drunk with rain. We're talking about the, the milk of the word, uh, the, the, the word of Christ, uh, that um, to enable to discern good and evil. All right. And so that we understand here that um, uh, if we're not, uh, we need to make sure that we're we are bearing that fruit. All right. As I was talking about, either that produces a crop uh, that's cultivated, that is, is a blessing from God, that, you know, that if it's not, if you're not, um, uh, bearing those things if you're not producing those things of christ that's why i was talking about it is worthless it's near being cursed it's the end to be burned you know uh, we we see that understanding of the separation of the wheat and tares if you will and uh and how those those weeds will be burned in the furnace and so there's going to be that you know you can sit and play christian you can sit and play uh like you are a uh, uh you know a good uh Christian man or woman, you attend a church. You, you may even be a deacon. You may uh, do. You know, everybody may may think, well, man, they are the the greatest Christian of all, and it's all a facade. You put on a, a front at church, but at home, your your life's a wreck. It's a mess. You've never really truly given your heart to God, but on outwardly, you have put on a good show for everybody. Hey, you can put on the show you want to, but in the end, there's going to be that separation. And, uh, you know, you again, you have that decision where you're going to spend all of eternity uh, in your life. And, uh, you know, we have to be, again, not to sound like a broken record, but no stretch of imagination. And that's the focal point here is growing up and uh, being mature in the things of Jesus Christ. And you need to ask yourself, you know, what am I doing on a daily basis? You know, am I, am I striving for that mind of Christ? Is my thoughts... Uh, more into the things of the world, or are my thoughts more on the things of Christ? Uh, you know, and I understand that you know our mind is a battlefield, and and, and the devil's constantly in there uh, trying to attack it. And there's thoughts that we don't need to think about. Sometimes we do, and the very thoughts we do need to think about, we don't. So I understand that. You know, that, that's why there's that battle. But we have to fight it. You know, that's one thing I always like to talk about is you can feed it or you can fight it. You know, you need to understand what do you want to do? You want to feed the wrong thoughts? You want to fight the wrong thoughts? And um, in our daily journey, uh, we need to make sure that we are advancing as Christians. Are you allowing uh, outside forces uh, to dictate and determine uh, your spiritual uh, well-being in your walk? Are you allowing and relaxing uh, God's Word uh, to uh, make allowances for sin in, 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 uh, in your life or in other people's lives? See, that's where it comes back to that discernment between good and evil. Are you able to discern that? Are you able to discern it, but you're not acting on it? Because, again, going back to what Kyle was talking about Sunday night, is because you don't want to offend. You don't want to uh, hurt anybody. You know, we don't want to hurt anybody. We want to speak that truth in love, uh, by, you know, obviously. But, um, uh, but we need to stand wholly and totally upon God's Word. And that may not always be easy to do. And I think that's, that is the problem with so many Christians today is they are not growing up. They are, they are not, you know, we, that's one thing that he's referring to in these verses 1 through 3 is that once we understand uh, the, uh, have drunk the milk, understood the foundation, there's no, back, no reason to keep going back and repeating those things. 
and I, you know, and I think that um, for a lot of Christians, uh, that they they have learned it, but they feel that they they think they think that we as pastors uh, have to keep going back and repeat those things. And so sometimes we do, uh, so there could be a clearer understanding. Sometimes we do for those who are new Christians. But for those who have gotten that firm foundation on the things of God, we shouldn't have to keep repeating those things. You should be able to build on that and keep growing. All right, you know, and uh, I don't know anything about building houses. I understand that there is a foundation, and you, and you build on that kind of thing. But um, so uh, make sure that you have you you've grasped and understand the basics. All right, as so we're seeing here, the elementary, uh, uh, the elementary doctrine of Christ. And go on to maturity. See, that's what, exactly what he's talking about here. It's building on that foundation. No reason to keep going back or rehashing and re-understanding those things that have already been presented. You should already be understand that and grown beyond that, those things. All right? And that's why we're saying here, laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works. All right? So that we can have the, uh, 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 what was I going to say there? <laughs> My mind just went just like that. But anyway, uh, having that uh, that proper faith towards God, having that change of mind, uh, understanding uh, those things of God, and that uh, you know it is uh, 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 oh goodness, what was his name? I just read about. It. I think it's Cromwell. Uh, it said, um, let's see here. I wrote it down here. Let's see if I can make up my writing. He wrote this. Uh, Cromwell had it uh, is in Latin. I think he had it on a on a pocket watch there. Um, Okay, if you uh, said uh, if you cease to be evil, uh, you cease to be good. I think that's what it said there, and uh, I wrote it so little. That's why it took me a second to figure out what I wrote. In other words, if you don't quit um, to, to stop doing the very things that you know are wrong, uh, then you're going to cease to be able to do the good things. And uh, uh, Oliver Cromwell uh, had written that, and I thought that made a lot of sense. You know, uh, we're going to lose our ability to do good if you're constantly... Uh, keeping your yourself in in the world. If you're constantly in a state of immaturity, if you're constantly in that state of of of, of studied growth, if you will, we need to constantly be advancing. We need to recognize what is evil. We need to recognize what is wrong, and we need to to steer away from those things. We want to have that close relationship with Jesus Christ every single day. You know, uh, as a pastor, it's not easy. I have thoughts I have to battle. I have actions I have to battle. I have things I have to do. Uh, I'm constantly trying to grow. I'm constantly trying to change. That doesn't make me any better than anybody else. That makes me a struggling Christian just like you and anybody else in the world. You know, it's just that God called me to, to, to spread the gospel message, to spread the, the good word of the gospel. And I praise God for this opportunity and the ability to do so. And um, uh, I feel small uh, that I've... Uh, you know why he would choose someone like me uh, when there's f people far greater, but um, but there's areas in my life I have to work on. There's areas in your life you have to work on, but remember the foundations of what you've learned as a baby Christian. Let's learn on those things. Let's build on those things, and let's make ourselves better as Christians. Let's not fall for the you know for every wind of doctrine as God's word talks about. Let's not fall. Uh, for what the world says is okay, all right? Let people make fun of us. Let them call us names. Let us call us hate mongers. People think they can shut us down by calling us judgmental, by calling us bigoted, by calling us um, phobic on whatever the topic may be. Let them do those things. Hey, man, it's on them. We have to stand true to the things of the Word of God. And that's what God's word, God has called us to do is be men and women, all right? Be the warriors that he's called us to be. 
Quit being afraid. Quit being weak-kneed. We need to stand up for what is true, for what is right in the gospel. Now, this world is going to burn, and we're going to stand in judgment for what we do. And I don't know about you, but I want to stand in judgment of Christ, I mean, knowing that I, <laughs> I'm a failure, you know, knowing that I've tried to, to live a life that is honoring to God. And I hope that is your goal, too, that you're not happy with where you're at, that you want more. And you're not satisfied with it. You want to keep growing, keep learning. You know, remember when you first got saved and you couldn't get enough of the gospel, can't get enough of the word? Don't lose that. If you start finding yourself being apathetic, complacent, recall back, remember back what it was like when you first come to know Jesus Christ. Get back into the word. Get back into prayer. And you'll lose that apathy. You'll lose that complacency. And you'll find yourself more on fire than ever before. Let's go ahead and have a word of prayer. And Father, Lord, we just thank you, love you, and praise you. Lord, thank you so much for this wonderful and beautiful day that you've blessed us with. Thank you for your grace and your mercy. Help us, Lord God, to uh, to grow to that spiritual maturity. Uh, help us, Lord, to build upon the foundations uh, that you have given us. And uh, help us not to live our lives based on works or rituals. Uh, Lord, help us to live our lives uh, glorifying you, serving you, to be in repentance, to understand redemption, sanctification, glorification. Lord, help us, Lord Jesus, to, to learn and to strive to have that mind of Christ, to do away with the, with the old self and, and, and strive more in the, in the new self of Christ Jesus, Lord Jesus. And Lord, uh, for someone listening or watching uh, this evening, uh, if they don't know you, let them pray this prayer. Dear God. Forgive me of all my sins. Jesus, I know you died on the cross for me. I know you rose from the grave for me. Come into my heart and save me. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, I appreciate each and one of you all for watching uh, this evening. Lord willing, we'll pick back up uh, in, uh, in our study in Hebrews Sunday evening at 6 o'clock. Don't forget, Sunday morning, uh, 11 a.m. to 12 p.m. You can listen on 98.5 WTFM. You can watch on our website, flbconline.com. Or, and or, you can bring a blanket or chair, sit on the hillside and listen to the outdoor service. Again, please do not congregate together. Please uh, honor the social distancing. Stay six feet apart and uh, we'll have a, a good time and uh, be good to, good to see everybody. So I hope everybody has a great evening, a blessed evening. And uh, uh, like I always say, uh, live each day as if it were your last because one day it will be. Thanks for watching. <music>